Hear ye, hear ye, all gather to hear Master Joe. From this point forward, we are going to call them Bridgewater. You know what we call 20 years around here? We call it Two Gruden. Nobody cares about fantasy, Sean. Nobody. They won the game they needed to win. Greg Williams should never step foot in an NFL locker room. You good? You got it all up? Events grow and grow and grow. It's reps and reps and reps. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I mean, just throw and throw and throw and throw. Terrible, terrible, terrible defense. And we don't recognize boundaries in 2021. That has to make you happy as a Buffalo fan. I'm old, leave me alone. Because he's not a quarterback, so does this still count as QB hit? Like, this is the best. They are not going to eat some W's, but they will definitely eat some L's. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Out of Bounds podcast, Out of Bounds with the Z. I'm Joe McDonald, as I always am, and as I always am, I'm joined by Mr. Sean Lawler. Sean, how are you doing this fine Tuesday evening? You know, just getting used to the up and down weather that we're having here, and, um, you know, it's the end of COVID, apparently. COVID's over, we beat it. <laughs> mm, okay, sure. Uh, we'll see. It, it is getting better, but it's it's still not over. Uh, much much oh, like the NFL season. Oh, well, <laughs> depends where you're living, I guess. You and I both. Uh, Sean, we did not record Monday night because we had some stuff which we could have filled an episode, but you and your infinite wisdom decided, you know what, tomorrow's franchise tag day. Why don't we hold off and see what happens? And in the 16 hours between that decision and now, we've had one player get suspended for gambling. We've had one Super Bowl winning quarterback switch teams we've had one two-time mvp decide to stay with his team we've had deals and we've had franchise tags lions and tigers and bears oh my nfl uh we we joke all the time that the nfl is the league that never sleeps but it really didn't sleep today um sean let's get into it uh we're switching things up a little bit we're actually going to start with the story that we would have done last night sean you and i are going to differ on this so buckle in Atlanta wide receiver Calvin Ridley was suspended by the NFL for a minimum of one year. He can file for reinstatement in February of 2023. What did he do, you might ask? Ah, Sean, he gambled. Uh, It was reported and basically confirmed by his Twitter that he wagered $1,500 on three different team parlays in which he did, in fact, bet on the Falcons to win. If you remember, Calvin Ridley stepped away from the game last year after five games with Atlanta to focus on his mental health. Um, There's a lot about this out there. We'll get into some of the details. I know you're not happy with this, Sean, and and we're going to talk about this. And again, you and I talked about a little bit, but we want to save our feelings. Um, Well, I want to save my feelings. You went off like a firecracker, but I'm sure we can bring it back out of you. Sean, when you saw the news, what was your reaction? It's it was an overstep by the league right from the get go. I I thought it was stupid right off the jump. A whole mm-hmm. season for gambling. I'm like, why? And then the amount doesn't make it better. Like and wow, he he bet on the Falcons to win. Like that was his team. I just I don't understand it. Um, explain it to me like I'm a five year old. I guess how. Yeah, it, we can get into the, when you get into the details, it just gets even worse from there. So I'm just going to save my thoughts for then. Okay, well, let, let's cover this. Number one, um, 
Calvary is the first player since Josh Shaw in 2019 to be suspended by the NFL for gambling. Uh, other players include, you have to go back a ways, in 1983, quarterback Art Schlichter. And then in 1963, we had Alex Karras and Paul Horning. If those names sound familiar, they're two Hall of Famers. Uh, they were actually, if I'm not mistaken, I believe the original sentence is they were banned from the league. And then after a year, they were reinstated because they were like, oh, by the way, it's Paul Horning and Alex Karras. So you're going to put them back in the league. So it's nice to know things haven't changed in 60 years, really. Listen, the details are this. He was gone. He was in Florida. He used FanDuel, sponsor. Thank you, FanDuel, and made these parlays. <sighs> Sean, this is where you and I differ. I don't care how much money he wagered. I don't care how much money he won or lost. In professional sports, in let me rephrase that. In Western professional sports, the core four, we talk about baseball, we talk about football, we talk about basketball, we talk about hockey. You can extend it to golf. You can extend it to tennis. The Olympics, where we've seen things. The number one cardinal sin, I keep using that term, the cardinal sin of these professional sports is you do not gamble. Now, we're going to get into some of the hypocrisy and stuff because, trust me, we're going to talk about this. But you don't gamble. And the fact that Cal Ridley came out on Twitter yesterday when the news broke and was like, it was $1,500. I don't have a gambling problem. Uh, Calvin, that seems like a lot of information you put out there that nobody really asked for. Nobody, like, who was the person who was jumping up and saying, Calvin Ridley has a gambling problem? Not even Ryan Rusillo was jumping up and saying that. Like, come on. Like, really? That, you know, somebody thinks they don't protest too much. Like, what's going on here? Yeah, that didn't that didn't help the case at all. My thing's always been I thought I thought that the gambling was a taboo because it was taboo, it wasn't technically legal, like it was more illegal than legal in those areas. Is FanDuel legal in Florida? Yes, you can yeah, Florida is one of the states so where he was you in can Florida legally... using FanDuel where you could legally use FanDuel. Yes. While well, he enjoyed he, the NFL product. So he's like yeah. us enjoying the NFL product. Well, no, he's still an employee of the team and he's still a member of the league. Just because okay. he was on sabbatical does not make him so like a McDonald's you and I. employee can't shop at McDonald's. I mean they can. They get a discount. Yeah. I'm, so I, listen, okay. Why can't he <laughs> the, like explain? Again, explain it to me like I'm five. Why is this? Okay. When you get into like the quotes and stuff, it just gets even worse. Like, I don't understand why this is a big deal. It's a big deal because it's it's this. Listen, and, and we can talk about the suspensions and the memes that are going around and stuff. This comes down to one simple fact. Fair or unfair is the integrity of the game. Once you pull back the curtain, listen, you can roll your eyes all you want, and we can talk about Goodell, we can talk about stuff. But once you pull back the curtain and give the little bit of silver, listen, I'm 39 years old. I've heard the NFL is rigged my whole life. And then when you allow players to gamble, but I don't care if they're gambling on their teams or against their teams. I don't care what they're doing. You can't have that. We've seen it in every law and order season. We've seen it in every cop show where there's a player or a musician or an actor who gets too big in debt and all of a sudden they owe money to the wrong people and then all of a sudden they have to pay it back. I mean, it, they're in cheesy movies, they're in everything. We've seen this. So is Calvin Ridley a mobster? Is he tearing down the league? No, but you have to make an example of this. I literally read you a list. 
covering from 1963 to 2022. And there's five players on the list. Five. Like, this is just the way it is. You might not like the rules, but they're the rules. Like, Calvin, really, to this, is the guy who only has two beers and gets behind the wheel of a car. You know it's illegal. They tell you there's a zero-tolerance policy, and yet you're like, but I only had two beers. I only gambled $1,500. Cool, dude. It's still, you can't do it. And for that, here's the other thing, and we can talk about this. He loses a year. He does not get an accrued season. So the Falcons gain $11.116 million in their cap because he is not on the roster. So instead of becoming a free agent in 2023, he actually is signed with the Falcons through 2023. Also, and I have to give credit to the Falcons here, teams over the last month or two, over the last month had called asking about Calvin Ridley the Falcons knew there was an investigation going on, and they rebuffed all trade requests. They did not say why. So they acted in good faith, knowing the NFL was investigating and that there was a possibility he was going to get suspended for the year. So kudos to the Falcons for not trying to screw over another team. Sean, Mr. Five-Year-Old, go at it. I think the amount of money is important in this because there has to be some nuance to this. You just said that what was his salary going to be next year? $11.116 million. And he bet $1,500 legally. So you used to talk about the mobsters and everything like that. That was because of the illegal gambling, Mm -hmm. which had a higher price because of the risk involved. We've heard of players in Vegas, but it's not like, to the detriment of everybody, but like he, he bet nothing on to him on that. Let's go. What were the results from it? I, I they uh, said the results. I, I honestly do not know the results. No, My guess they, is he bet on the Falcons to win. So he probably lost his parlays. <laughs> so there we go. He, he had a peek behind the curtain and still thought the Falcons could win. So, so But it's just like when Goodell says this is like the worst thing you can do Mm -hmm. in the NFL, I'm like, no, it's not at all. Like, why aren't those other things made illegal in the playbooks of the of the rules? You can beat people. You can. You can do way worse things than gamble fifteen hundred dollars on the NFL. Okay, so so let's get into this, because the, the two things that keep getting brought up is, of course, the domestic violence suspensions, which have been obviously clear of everything from Ben Roethlisberger to Greg Hardy to Ray Rice, uh, things of that sort. You can even go back, Chris Henry, the wide receiver for the Bengals, who you know had a lot of issues and drinking and stuff and ended up dying young, tragically. Listen, before I address that, here's the other thing. This isn't a Roger Goodell issue. This is an NFL issue. This goes before Roger Goodell was ever 1963 they were suspending guys for gambling like it was made clear this is one of those things if you ever watch the movie um uh national treasure and there's like the little book they all make notes in and it's like president to president to president and it's like this is just the way that it is and take with this information as you do like this is just the way it is like he's not going to overturn this something else to keep in mind people jump to the assumption that players were not cashing in on these gambling you know, things like partnerships with FanDuel and DraftKings and all this stuff 
in the last CBA, players are absolutely getting their fair share from the gambling profits. So to say that sure. the owners are, are somehow like, oh, they're taking all the money. No, they're not. It's collectively bargained. The players are getting their cut. So that's a bad false narrative. Now, to get to the domestic violence and issues like this, fair points across, but it is a bad faith argument to say that the NFL has handled domestic violence in a positive way. When you bring up these instances and you say, well, Ray Rice only got two games. Guess what? We know that was an issue. You know why? Because the arbitration court said you can't suspend them twice because once the video came out, they tried to suspend them again because they knew it Mm -hmm. wasn't enough. If the NFL handled domestic violence and other issues on an even keel, even plane, then you could absolutely argue that this is overreaching on a suspension of Calvin Ridley. The fact that they haven't just goes to show that the NFL has always been misguided in its treatment of women and other people and people with mental health issues and other issues. It's, we've Sean, we spent last year, last offseason, talking about this. We talked about Richard Sherman, who was just charged with two misdemeanors for you know threatening his family and trying to break into his in-laws' house. We've talked about Josh Gordon being suspended. We've talked about Ray Rice. We've talked about Ben Roethlisberger. We've talked about all these guys. The NFL has always, especially the modern NFL in the last 20 years, has done a horrible job in defending women within their ranks, whether it's the spouses, whether it's um, female executives or people in the, how many times, what? David Tepper bought the Panthers. Why? Because Jerry Richardson was a terrible person. Why are the Washington Commanders going to sell? Because Dan Snyder is a terrible person. Like, this isn't brand new news that the NFL doesn't respect women. Like, yeah, cool. You wear pink for a month and have pink camo and all this. But it doesn't mean you respect. Like, go ahead. No, I just, I think this is an opportunity for the league to get the players. They're going to want to gamble on this. So if you make it legal in all the areas where you have games, the players can, you can make like a game out of it, like beat, like do fan duel where you have to draft teams and players and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Make it more competitive. I I get, I get that. I I really do. We saw a couple of years ago, Julio Jones in his last year in Atlanta running down the field and dropping a wide open touchdown. Like, clearly, like, Julio Jones does not drop that ball. And he dropped it. And they lost the game. And it was like, wow, that's crazy. Julio dropped that ball. He never drops that ball. Now, say that's the first game next year. And that's Calvin Ridley. And we know that he has gambled. Now, all the proof proof says he didn't gamble, all this stuff. In the back of your mind, you're going to be like, hmm, I wonder if he had the points. Hmm. I wonder if he had a prop bet. And that's the door that the NFL wants to slam shut immediately. Listen, we live, unfortunately, in 2022, we live in a conspiracy theory-driven era. It's what it is. Conspiracy theories everywhere. So something like this is bad. It is bad for the NFL, and they are nipping it in the bud as quickly as possible. Listen, is it an antiquated punishment? Maybe. Is it an issue that needs to be handled case by case? Maybe. But are these the rules according to the law, Sean? Yeah, they are. I just don't like it. I get that. I'm sorry. All right. So is there anything else that you want to talk about with the Ridley situation? No, you know, I 
I wish they'd handle other cases better. I understand and, your point about wanting to nip it in the bud. I think it's I think it's a missed opportunity to do something different in punishment styles or anything like that. It's just yeah, I just no. Those are all fair points, but like I said, this is some I mean, maybe that maybe this is the catalyst. Personally, what I'd like to see is a three to five person panel. Uh, maybe at least one or two former players and some attorneys who basically create a panel and take punishment powers away from Goodell. Now, this is, again, this is a rule. This is not Goodell decided. Like, this is just flat out. Like, this is like, you can't gamble. You're gone. But when it comes to, again, domestic violence, drug charges, things of this sort, somebody like a Condoleezza Rice, maybe even like a Peyton Manning, somebody from the defense, you know, again, there's all kinds of people you could bring into this as, as a way to do it. But the Ridley situation is complicated. Actually, to me, it's pretty easy, but people are making it complicated, which is what we do in 2022. <laughs> uh, speaking of people making things complicated, let's get into the big news of today, Sean, of today. All right, let's get into today. All right. Get the, big, Aaron, get the, get the challenging stuff out in the front. Eat the frog. Yes, that's right. Um, oh, my God. Breaking news. Seattle Seahawks have released franchise legend bobby wagner so uh yeah change changes a foot in seattle we'll get to that but uh kind of a big deal all right sean to get back to the actual news i mean that's actual news yeah bobby is <laughs> a great player uh aaron Rodgers has made a decision aaron Rodgers is back with the packers for the 2022 season uh this came a tweet from Aaron Rodgers saying that he was back after a report from Ian Rappaport that Rodgers was signing or signed a four-year, $200 million extension with $153 million in guarantees. Now, Pat McAfee, Aaron's good friend, has said the $200 million contract was not true. Aaron came out and said, I have not been offered, nor have I signed a contract. <sighs> Sean. Aaron Rodgers. Oh, your fave. Back back to back to back. MVP of the league. Back with the Packers. We're going to get to another move by the Packers later with the franchise tag. But Sean, now that he's back for at least 2022, what do you think of all of this? Cool. Whatever. Um, <laughs> they they spent a lot of money on him for mm-hmm. the year. There's not going to be a lot of money to go around because they also how much did they franchise tag Adams for? Um, I can give you the numbers right here. Uh, Devonte Adams is eighteen point four one nine million dollars for the twenty twenty two season. That's a lot of the salary cap right there. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if the extension that is supposedly been reported is true, it will lower Rogers' cap number for twenty twenty two, which will then open up cap space for the Packers to sign Adams and things of that sort. But it is interesting that both Adams has the franchise tag and Rogers has, from his tweet, confirmed he is back for 2022. Not back for the long term yet. Back for 2022. <laughs> well, he is on the older side, so we can't really play for the long term here. I don't know about his lifestyle. This immunization lifestyle is, <laughs> is fit for the long term. Uh, it's definitely interesting. Tom um, Brady again, was they're... willing to experiment with science. So yeah, <laughs> somebody's going to be mad at you. Um, no, I mean, again, like 
I didn't, because when I talked to everybody today, I didn't bring up the $200 million contract that much because it wasn't confirmed. I've known enough that I wanted to see the numbers, especially something like that. And the fact that Pat McAfee earlier in the day was saying this contract is not true. And then Aaron came out and said, this contract is not true. Now, this could be like the Brady retirement. In a week, is it true? Maybe. But at this moment, nothing is true or confirmed. So that's all we can go on. Um, I believe somebody last off about Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> it's very on brand for Aaron Rodgers. Um, I would like to say for the committee, somebody said last year that Aaron was pull was going to pull the greatest troll job in the NFL and win MVP. I believe it was somebody on this pod, and I believe that they do not live in Canada, Sean. <laughs> I guess we'll have to deduce who that is. We'll have to figure it out. We'll get to we'll get detectives on that. All right, Sean. Not to be outdone, Aaron Rodgers got bumped from the news just a short time later because the aforementioned Seattle Seahawks made. Oh boy, I could go a whole part on this. They made a franchise altering move, trading Russell Wilson and a fourth round pick to the Denver Broncos. Yes, my Vic Fangio list Denver Broncos. Four, quarterback, Drew Locke. Tight end, Noah Fant. Defensive lineman, Shelby Harris. Two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and a fifth-round pick for Russell Wilson and a fourth. Now, let me give you, this is the exact trade. Seattle will get the number nine overall pick in this draft. They will get the number 40 overall pick in this draft. They will get next year's first and second round picks and the um, fourth round pick going to. Yeah. They also a get a round fifth pick. round pick. Yes. They get year. a fifth round pick and then they will uh, send a fourth. Send a fourth. Yes. So that is the specific trade. Um, we just talked about Bobby Wagner being cut, which is again, a pretty big deal, but obviously the Seahawks are going through a rebuild. True uh, lock being the quarterback. Good luck with that. Uh, obviously, the things are not done. You know, Seattle's uh, got some ammo now to, you know, draft somebody or, or move up or trade for somebody. Sean, what was your initial reaction to this huge news? I thought the uh, Seahawks did pretty well in the trade for Russell mm-hmm. Wilson. Like, you're getting some pretty good draft picks. Uh, you get Noah Fant, I thought, is a really good tight end. So I think that's if you're going to have. Drew Locke, Noah Fant was a really good safety valve for Noah, for Drew Locke. So I think that's a good pickup as well. Get another pass rusher. That that doesn't hurt. Another run stopper potentially. And just yeah. you just that's I think that's one of the things that's going forward is you need as many defensive linemen as you can get. Mm-hmm. And you'll just like you'll find the linebackers out on the edges of the market. Yeah, Shelby Harris was a team leader in Denver. A lot of people were upset that he was included in the trade. But, I mean, to get something, you have to give up something. Um, Speaking of giving up something, (laughs) the Seahawks are giving up some dead cap space because he was counting $37 million on their cap. With the trade, they do save $11 million for this year, but they do take on a $26 million dead cap hit. It is the second biggest ever. Obviously, last year, Philly ate $33.8 million of Carson Wentz's contract, which, again, just tells you how Looking bad like it. a steal. <laughs> yeah. So, again, 
uh, the fact that he's still counting $26 million of dead money. Yikes. But they do get $11 million in cap space. And obviously with the release of Bobby Wagner, they'll get a little bit more. Sean, I was very hard on Russell Wilson last year. I thought the, you know, the, uh, the fake trade demand or whatever you want to call it was, was stupid and asinine. I stand by that. Um, I think that this is hilarious that people are like, no, no, no. Russell wants to be a Seahawk. This, there's no problems between him and Pete Carroll and all that. Well, guess what? Pete Carroll and John Schneider got contract extensions. You know who didn't get a contract extension? Russell Wilson. And guess what? Now he's gone. So uh, I'd like to take my victory lap, please. Because guess what? Russell Wilson has a full no trade clause. He wanted this trade to Denver. Because it was also reported that the Washington Commanders offered three first-round picks on top of other picks to get Russell Wilson, and Seattle said no. Do you know why Seattle said no? Because Russell Wilson said no. Because he was not going to sign his no-trade clause to go to Washington. Sean, who came out better in this deal? I want to ask you. The Seahawks, the Broncos, or Russell Wilson? I think it's the Seahawks and Russell Wilson. They each get what they wanted out of this. The Seahawks, Pete Carroll gets out of this. He gets to play with his defense, and the offense just has to, you know, do whatever it can. Maybe mm-hmm. they, maybe they trade. Maybe they got another trade in their pocket to make in regards to that. But Russell Wilson gets what he's always wanted control over the offense Mm -hmm. we've we talked about offline the denver broncos like when aaron Rodgers' news was coming out before the russell wilson news about how denver had gotten these young guns from green bay to draw aaron over and then Mm -hmm. aaron didn't come and now they've got you know (laughs) inexperienced head coaches yeah. <laughs> and uh offensive coordinators and that and but then I think potentially that's what spooked Russell Wilson into this because I think he was looking at this situation and he wanted to come here because he he'll have control over the offense, he'll have a lot more input than he did in Seattle. Yeah, I mean there was talked about the you know, people like, oh, this is a reaction to not getting Rogers. Apparently, this deal had been worked on for weeks, which duh, like this doesn't happen in a matter of three hours. Like, come on, people, be better than this. Again, I was critical last year because Russell Wilson made statements like, Oh, you know, I go to the Pro Bowl and play with these guys, and I just, you know, those are the kind of guys I want on my team. It's like, well, it doesn't work that way. But like you said, he's going to a situation where we have a first-year head coach in Nathaniel Hackett, an organization that is dying for a quarterback, literally dying for a quarterback. They've had John Elway and Peyton Manning for three years. So they are like they are gonna be all sold into Russell Wilson. Um it it, it I'm still not crazy about the idea of him thinking that, you know, he has control. You know, somebody brought up the point, well, how much, you know, in personnel will he have? Because that's what he wanted in Seattle, which he wasn't going to get. Pete Carroll is the oldest head coach in the NFL. John Schneider was considered a very good drafter and and GM. Like, sorry, they weren't going to bring this guy into the fold. Like, they just weren't. That's not how the organization is run. It's the same with Tom Brady and the Patriots. Like, sure, do they want Tom's input? To a point. but they had player personnel people. They had Bill Belichick. Like, that's not the way that it works. And Russell Wilson got his way. He got out of Seattle where he couldn't get control. He goes to an organization where they're dying to be controlled because, let's not forget, they're also for sale. 
this is attractive to somebody who's trying to sell. Russell Wilson is going to sell jerseys. He's going to put fans in the seats. Like, they're not going – again, I think Russell Wilson's a tad overrated. He's not a Hall of Famer. Let's not even get into that. But he is going to put people in the seats, and they are going to cheer. They are not going to boo that offense like they did last year at times with Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke especially. It's just not going to happen. So, again, who do I think won this deal? It's probably Denver. It's probably Denver because everybody talked about it was going to take at least three first-round picks to get Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. They gave up two. Everybody talked about, oh, they're going to have to give up one of those young wide receivers. They didn't give up any. They gave up Drew Locke, a quarterback they no longer believed in. They gave up Noah Fant, a guy who was drafted in the first round who hasn't lived up to the first-round talent, but maybe can. Shelby Harris hurts. Not going to lie, that hurts. Two first, two seconds, and a fifth for a franchise quarterback? Mm, it's not that terrible. And it's, again, you're not training for Aaron Rodgers, who's 38. Russell Wilson's 32. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I think Denver wins in this. As much as, a, as much of a non-fan as I am of Russell Wilson, I think Denver wins because look at the arms in the AFC West. You had Derek Carr, <laughs> Pat Mahomes, and Justin Herbert. Yeah, like it's literally Wilson, an arms race. <laughs> like, yeah, you weren't going to compete in your own division without a quarterback. So we talked about Denver was the one team we knew that was absolutely going to go quarterback chasing, whether it was in the draft or whether it was in, in free agency or trades. And they were the first ones to make the big move. Green Bay wasn't the first ones to make a big move. Aaron decided to come back. Aaron did. It wasn't Green Bay. Aaron decided to come back. Denver went out and made it happen. All right, Sean. Franchise tag. The deadline was today. We had eight players sign their franchise tags. But before we get into those, let's talk about a few deals that happened today. Mike Williams, Chargers wide receiver. A lot of people thought he'd get franchised. Before the deadline, he signs a three-year, $60 million deal with $40 million in guarantees that will pay him $28 million in the first year. Sean, Mike Williams, a guy. Very lethal down the field. Very excellent wide receiver. Does get banged up a little bit. What do you think of this deal? Good deal for him. Uh, it's a it's a risk from the Chargers' end. I had him on my fantasy team last year, and you know there were some weekends he 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 was a very good performer when he was healthy and playing. But yeah, you're exactly right with the injuries. It's if he if he doesn't get injured too much, this is a steal of a deal. I think. Yeah, uh, I can't believe you're going to make me do it in the offseason. Nobody cares about fantasy, Sean. Nobody. I was so nice this year. I'm done. I'm done being nice. My New Year's resolution. I'm done giving you a break. Now, again, it, it's you have, a, you have a quarterback on a rookie deal. This is before the big money kicks in for his extension, which we know is going to be over $200 million and all that stuff when it comes down the line. Three years, $60 million is a lot of money. Yeah. 48 in guarantees is a lot of money. Yeah. But we've seen what Herbert can do down the field. Like it is incredible. The bombs that he can throw the accuracy, the touch that he has, you need those guys down the field to do it. It's literally like having a tank and nobody who knows how to load the cannon. So guess what? Now you've got a cannon loader and that's why you pay. Listen, when guys hit free agency, you have to overpay them. That's what it is. Uh, Let's move on to a deal that just came across here just a few minutes ago. One other player that was not tagged that a lot of people thought would get tagged was Harold Landry, linebacker, 
for the Tennessee Titans. Now, the deadline passed. He was not franchise tagged. But before he got to free agency, him and the Titans have agreed to a five-year, $87.5 million extension. Uh, Harold Landry, of course, played at Boston College University. Really good player this season. Came on really strong. Uh, one of the best uh, pass rushers in football. So, Sean, what do you think of this deal? I don't have the... Um, I don't have the guarantees or anything yet. They're not being reported that I yeah. can find. But but what do you think of this deal for, for Tennessee and, and Harold Landry in particular? That feels like a really good price. When you say it, five years, you said 87? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm that's, seeing here it says $52.5 million of the deal is guaranteed. And that's probably in two, three years. Probably I three think, years out of five. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's a really good deal for Harold Landry and – the production he brings, you need to bring stability on the Tennessee defensive line. So I, I really like the deal for Tennessee. I think that's a really good price because you can overpay for a rusher out in the free market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love this deal for both sides. It, it makes a ton of sense for both sides. Landry, again, really consistent, but this year really came on strong. Uh, the pass rush was was what helped Tennessee guide them to the number one seed in the AFC. Didn't do them very well, but you know they got there. So again, I I like this deal for both sides. It it makes a ton of sense for Landry to to get the money, and it makes a ton of sense for Tennessee. Who, let's be honest, we don't know what Ryan Tannehill can do long term. We don't know how healthy. We assume Derrick Henry will be healthy, but we know those guys who get a lot of carries and take a lot of punishment. They don't last forever. So you need a defense. You need pass rushers to compete, and that's exactly what they did. All right, Sean, let's get to the franchise tags themselves. Again, we had eight players get signed to franchise tags, so let's go through them here. Orlando Brown Jr., of course, we talked about last year, was traded from the Baltimore Ravens to the Kansas City Chiefs. He was signed to the franchise tag, which will pay him this year $16.662 million. Jesse Bates, the safety from the Bengals, of course, the ASU champions, uh, signed to the franchise tag. For $10.817 million. David Njoku, this was kind of a surprise tight end from the Giants, uh, signed to the franchise tag, $10.931 million. Keep in mind, when a team tags you, it does not necessarily mean that you've signed it. You, you can negotiate all the way up until July for long-term deals. Players are not, you know, like a team could trade for them if they give up two first-round picks. Like, there's a lot of stuff that could happen. So um, You're just next, holding on to the rights. Yes, exactly. You're not letting them hit true free agency. Uh, another tight end, Mike Gusecki from the Dolphins, had a really good year. Uh, again, franchise tag, $10.931 million. Uh, Devontae Adams, we talked about earlier, wide receiver for the Packers, signs a franchise tag worth $18.419 million, keeping him in Green Bay for the year. Chris Godwin, uh, coming off an ACL injury, with the Buccaneers, signs the franchise tag. Now, 18.419 is the franchise tag number, but he does get a little bit of a pay bump because he will earn $19.18 million. The reason for that is this is his second consecutive year on the tag, and what it is is you get paid 120% over your previous salary. So that's how that figures, and that's why he gets a little bit more than Devontae Adams. Uh, Dalton Schultz, the tight end for the Cowboys, had a pretty good year this year. Gets the franchise tag at $10.931 million. And finally, offensive tackle Cam Robinson for the Jaguars gets tagged at that $16.662 million number. 
Sean. Some pretty good players on that list. Yeah. And there's some so-so players on that list. There's a few head scratchers on the list. If you could give a long-term contract to just one of those players, just one, who would it be? The easy answer is Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. However, I'm going to go with Mike Gusecki out of the Dolphins. I think he's he's what the Dolphins need on offense. He's played really well in that. And especially if you're going to give two a go, you need Mike Gusecki. He's got really good hands. Mm-hmm. And he's a really good catcher of that, of the ball. So that's who I'm going with. That's who I'd give a long-term contract for. I mean, that's not a bad answer. I, I, I see no argument with that. Um, as normal, you're wrong and I'm right. But uh, we'll get into that. No, I'm kidding. Okay, I'm being nice. Come on. I was mean to you. I'm going to be nice now. Um, to me, it's Jesse Bates in Cincinnati. Cincinnati is a team that they are building something there. We've talked about cheap ownership before. Um, they've let some of their talent go before. I think Jesse Bates is a really good player to have on that back end. We saw how important he was in the Super Bowl and in the playoff run in general. I just think that's a guy. It's really hard to find safeties that fit your scheme. Obviously, we know Zach Taylor signed an extension, so he's not going anywhere. So this is the team they have, and you need to keep some continuity. Are you going to lose players? Of course you're going to lose players, but you want to keep some really good ones. Like To me, Jesse Bates is one of those players he, he's not in the upper echelon of safeties, but he's in that next tier down. Guys that you don't necessarily think jump off the page, but when you look at him, you're like, wow, I guess he is really important. He reminds me of a young version of like a Devin McCourty, somebody who's a leader out on the field, somebody who like the team looks to. That's why, to me, if I'm the Bengals, I try and reach a long-term contract with Jesse Bates. Again, yeah. I, I completely agree with you on Gusecki. I know Buffalo was hoping that he would get to, you know, free agency and – have a chance at him. No, it's, you know, it's fine. I, I would have been shocked if he had made it to free agency, to mm-hmm. be honest. Like I never really thought Kaseki was that attainable. Uh, I thought there was a lot of good signings. And to be honest, I, you know, there's, there's some you kind of quibble over, but you know, and Joku trust in Dable, you know, mm-hmm. he'll, he'll get it done. The Orlando Brown. I know you have your, your history with Orlando Brown Jr. <laughs> so I asked you which one you would extend. If you could rescind one, just take it away and let them become a free agent. Who would it be? It's Dalton Schultz. Um, okay. know, he's fine. Yeah. But it's, yeah. you know. I mean, the, let's let's be honest. The franchise tag is supposed to be for franchise players. <laughs> Dalton Schultz, mm, not quite a franchise player. He's the Kirk Cousins of tight ends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even sure he's that. I'm not even sure he's that. Let's be honest. Um, well, I agree with you that Dalton Schultz makes sense. I'm actually going to go with Cam Robinson of the Jaguars. I get that he's played better. Cam Robinson, come on. Like, the reason that you sign him to this is because you have a bunch of money in free agency. So it's kind of like, well, we need a tackle. Cam Robinson's been here. He's not the worst tackle. So we're going to franchise him. It's like, eh, okay. Like, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like to me, it just doesn't, well, I, I don't think you're getting anybody in free agency. That's the thing. You've got to keep what you already have in house. Like who, okay. So to which offensive lineman's like, you know where I want to go? I want to go to Jacksonville. Well, you know what? 
Jacksonville has the number one overall pick. You know who's going to go to Jacksonville? Evan yeah. Neal from Alabama. So he unfortunately, that's how it works because of the draft. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will tell you this though, an intriguing one. Let's say you don't want to go after Evan Neal. Let's say you want to go after one of these pass rushers or trade out of the pick. If you sign somebody on the franchise tag to a deal, you know, an offer sheet, you have to give up two first round picks. Obviously, Jacksonville is not giving up the number one overall pick for any of these players. But if I'm Jacksonville, what if I call Kansas City and I say, I'll give you the first pick in the second round along with some other stuff. And we want to trade for Orlando Brown. And then we want to take one of these pass rushers. So you're going to get the 33rd overall pick which is good pick, you know, maybe yeah. throw in a fourth rounder or something this year or next year. And you give us Orlando Brown Jr. And now we get to sign Orlando Brown Jr. If they believe in him as a left tackle of the future, still young. So you're not trading, you know, for an old guy. So can they let uh, Cam Robinson go? You can rescind the, the franchise tag at any they can time. They rescind it, yeah, okay. Because remember that happened already, with yeah. uh, Carolina a few years ago with uh, Josh Norman. Yeah. Josh, they oh, tagged yeah, Josh Norman, yeah, yeah. and then he left and then went to Washington, I believe. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that that absolutely can happen. Yeah, no, that's that's a really good idea. I hope the Jacksonville Jaguars GM listens to this podcast. That, well, the GM is Trent Balky, so I doubt it. <laughs> uh, no, that that's – yeah, they just, they just need to protect Trevor Lawrence, so – Mm-hmm. I, yeah, however they're going to do that, we'll see. Yeah, yep, exactly. Exactly. Well, Sean, unless you have anything else, I think it's time to finish up here. Uh, there's a lot of news. I tell you, man, there was a lot of news. I couldn't believe, like, again, it, it ended up being, I'm going to give you full credit. You were like, well, let's wait till tomorrow night. And I am so glad we waited till tonight. This was uh, just more news than we could handle. I think we could have done three separate pods on, uh, Russell Wilson on Calvin Ridley and on Aaron Rodgers. So I'm glad that we fit it all into one. Uh, <laughs> anything else you want to hit on before we get out of here? No, no, that's that's everything. Just you know, the NFL just you know, keeps getting it wrong. We'll see. Uh, it is International Women's Day, so thank you to all of the women in the NFL, mm-hmm. uh, from everything from scouts to coaches to owners to player personnel people. There are so many women. I, I I would name some, but like the, I know there's a few like Nancy Meyer for the Patriots. Of course, we talk about Gail Benson with the Saints, uh, Tanya Snyder right now with Washington. There's officials we've talked, we brought them up. You know, all kinds of people. Um, we have female listeners, and we really appreciate them. And and you know the NFL and things of that sort. So um, just thank you so much, and and you deserve more than today. Let's just say you deserve more than today. So uh, on that note. I'm Joe McDonald. That's Sean Lawler. This is the Out of Bounds podcast, Out of Bounds of the Z. Don't forget to come check us out on all your favorite streaming platforms. Check us out on the Facebook page, the Facebook group, anywhere you uh, talk to the NFL. I'm usually hanging out there. Sean, on the other hand, not as much. Uh, go listen to Sean and Marcus on and Trey on Charity Strict Commentary, where they are breaking down the NBA season. Sean, not going to lie. It hurts that my Pacers are losing, but I can't wait till we win the next three championships with all this awesome talent. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, you and Trey have really, and Caleb have really uh, tried to lift my spirits during this terrible uh, Pacer season. Um, so I appreciate it, but you guys still suck. 
and trust in Halliburton, baby. Trust in Halliburton. <laughs> he's really good. He's really good. I miss my I miss my Sabonis, but he's really good. Uh, don't forget to go check out Brendan and Lewis on a Ginger Tailgate podcast, uh, breaking down college football and all different kinds of uh, collegiate sports and talking some NFL and stuff too. Uh, check me out Wednesday nights from eight to nine Eastern Standard Time on John and Ballin on the All Sports All Plays Network. Uh, you can also find that in podcast form. So if you missed the live show, you can always go hear my uh, ugly voice anywhere else. And uh, Sean, have a great, great evening. I can't wait to watch the USA women's hockey team kick ass over Canada. Oh, Canada. Peace. My stepson just got home, so the dog's are doing that. I don't the door for him. All right. And then it's like, oh, well, by the way, um, yeah, the world's going to explode. <laughs> so Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Mike Williams signing, go over the franchise tags, and then finish with Calvin Ridley. Sounds good. All right. I actually made notes. 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 Sean, notes. Um, oh, I forgot to tell you, this Saturday, it is a match to the death between you and I. We are going through Girl Scouts to PPG Arena in Pittsburgh to watch the rematch of the gold medal Olympic Games between the women's hockey teams of the USA and Canada. Oh, yeah? Already? They're playing again already? They're playing again already. They're playing in Pittsburgh. And you're going so, to the game? We're going. They were $15 tickets. We're down like nice. in the one. Nice. We're down in the 100 section. So not only supporting women's sports, but uh, go USA. I want to yeah. make a sign that says my best friend's Canadian, but go USA. <laughs> <laughs> Have fun at the game. We'll be good. Enjoy It'll Canada wiping the floor with you guys. <laughs> That is, a, that is a big doctor. Is that a two liter? No, it's a one liter. It's amazing. Oh. That's what I consider a small. Uh, <laughs> a liter of cola? A liter of cola. That was liter of cola. <laughs> it's going to be goddamn large. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So let's get into it if you're ready. I'm ready. Let's do this. All right. We're starting with starting with Calvin, right? Do you want to start with Calvin Ridley, or do you want to get into the stuff today? No, let's start with Calvin. Okay, okay, no, that's fine. We can start I with Calvin. Think, I think we should start with Calvin. Okay, no, that's fine. Whatever you want to. <coughs> fine.